0: Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for Sunday, May 22, 2022. It is the sixth Sunday of Easter. Let's join in our call to worship. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. How majestic is the Lord Most High! How mighty is the Great Sovereign over all the earth! sing praises to God, sing psalms in God's honor. God reigns over the nations, God is exalted over all. Praise the Lord, all people, praise God's everlasting name.
1: Sing praises with a new song. Knowledge and truth.
0: Let us pray. O God, we pray that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. Bless us as we add our voices to the chorus. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: my life flows on in endless song above earth's lamentation i catch the sweet though far off hymn that hails a new creation no storm can shake can i keep from singing no storm can shake my inmost calm while to The peace of Christ makes fresh my heart, a fountain ever springing. All things are mine since I am his, how can I keep from singing? No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to the
0: To you, creator of nature and humanity, of truth and beauty, I pray, hear my voice, for it is the voice of the victims of all wars and violence among individuals and nations. Hear my voice, for it is the voice of all children who suffer and who will suffer when people put their faith in weapons and war. Hear my voice when I beg you to instill into the hearts of all human beings the vision of peace, the strength of justice, and the joy of fellowship. Hear my voice, for I speak for the multitudes in every country and in every period of history who do not want war and are ready to walk the road of peace. Hear my voice and grant insight and strength so that we may always respond to hatred with love, to injustice with total dedication to justice, to need with the sharing of self, to war with peace. O oh God, hear my voice, and grant to the world your everlasting peace. Amen. Our gospel reading today is John 5, 1-9. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, there is a pool, called in Hebrew Bethsaida, which has five porticoes. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been sick a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Now that day was a Sabbath. Acts 1, 1 1-11 In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, "'Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven.'" There are some hard questions asked and answered in these passages. Some of those questions might cause us to squirm a bit if Jesus asks them of us or if we ask them of Jesus. Of course, Jesus is the master of difficult questions. Jesus asks his disciples and others some very in-your-face questions. Here are some do you love me? Why are you so afraid? Are you also going to leave? How long shall I put up with you? Do you still not understand? And here, with a man who has lain by the pool of Bethsaida for 38 years, Jesus asks, do you want to be made well? It's not that Jesus did not know about the man's disability. The scripture tells us that Jesus knew he had been there for a long time. So why this question, do you want to be made well? I mean, what kind of question is that? Of course, Jesus should know he wants to be made well. Why else would he be lying there by the healing pool? And of course, the obvious answer would be, yes, Lord, I want to be made well. But the sick man does not give that answer. In fact, he doesn't really give an answer at all. Instead, he gives Jesus something that sounds an awful lot like an excuse. Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. A jarring exchange, isn't it? It's a question that seems to have an obvious answer, but it's also a question that one might not think needs to be asked. So what is Jesus implying here? Is he implying anything at all? Maybe it's just an innocent question. But the answer in the form of an excuse makes me think a little differently. So is it just me... Or does Jesus seem to be asking if somehow the sick man is benefiting from his illness? That somehow he has chosen to be sick, to remain sick, that he is invested in his brokenness and comfortable in his infirmity. After 38 years, can that sick man even imagine a life in which he is not sick? But despite this odd question, I trust Jesus to put the sick man's interests first, because there is never a time in all of the Gospels where Jesus refuses to heal someone. Never does he tell the sick person that it is somehow the sick person's own fault that he or she is sick. Never does he ridicule a sick person or treat them with contempt. No, Jesus always responds to sickness with compassion and healing. So, with this odd question and its equally odd answer, we can wonder if Jesus knew something about this sick man's heart. Does he look deep into the sufferer's eyes and see the defeat and resignation of being sick for 38 years? Does he see fear of the unknown? Does he see hopelessness? So maybe the question wasn't a question about the man's physical condition. Maybe it was a question about the man's heart. Do you want to be made well? Think about it. What if Jesus asked that question of you? In the passage from the first chapter of Acts, we have more odd questions. The disciples have been with Jesus all this time. For the three years of his earthly ministry, then through his crucifixion and death, then through his resurrection and the 40 days following, the disciples have followed Jesus, have studied Jesus' words and actions. You would think they would have some idea of Jesus' mission. But maybe not so much. Here, during this last conversation they will have with their master, they still ask this question Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? In other words, Lord, when will God set things straight? Lord, when will the oppression of the Romans end? Lord, when will the suffering and the troubles of the world conclude? When will hunger be abolished? When will war cease? When will suffering be past? When will justice be realized? Lord, when? And Jesus has an interesting answer to this question. It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, it is none of your business to know what God will do and when. Here is your business be my witnesses. Be my witnesses. Now, there is a difference between being a mere spectator and being a witness. A spectator can see something happen and he can go off and kind of forget what he sees. It doesn't really make a difference in his life or in the lives of others. But a witness is changed. A witness is moved to go and tell. A witness does something about what he has seen and heard and lived through. Jesus tells them to wait in Jerusalem for the promised Holy Spirit, and then they are to be witnesses. They can't do it on their own. God will pour God's Spirit into them so that they can be Jesus's witnesses in Jerusalem, in Samaria, and in all the earth. Jesus's job here is finished. Now it is the disciples' turn to be Jesus' body on earth, to continue the work, to heal the sick, to feed the hungry, to lift the fallen, to witness for God's will and God's way, to work for peace, to work for justice, to work and pray, to end poverty, to end hunger, to put an end to so much which makes life for so many a misery." to do the gospel's work, to witness, to witness to the love of God poured out in Christ, to witness to God's will and God's way, to witness to God's rule and reign that God's kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. So then, here is the last odd question. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? Yes, why? Why are you standing around when there is work to do? Episcopal Bishop Michael Curry remembers one conversation he had when he was about 13 years old. He says that he was in the middle of a conversation with his father when his father suddenly blurted out, you know, the Lord didn't put you here just to consume the oxygen. He says he has never forgotten that statement. He can't remember what provoked his father to say it, but he's never forgotten it. You know, the Lord didn't put you here just to consume the oxygen. Because it is so true. Consuming oxygen is important, of course, but that's not our ultimate destiny. Bishop Curry goes on to paraphrase a saying from Desmond Tutu, By himself, God won't. By ourselves, we can't. But together with God, we can. Curry goes on, We can make a difference. We can make poverty history. We can abolish hunger. We can prevent preventable diseases. We can have clean air and pure water. We can make sure that all of God's children, women, and men share equally in God's world of bounty. We can make sure that every child born has a chance to live and grow. We can lay down our swords and shields down by the riverside and study war no more. Lord, will you restore the kingdom of Israel at this time? It is not for you to know the times or seasons, but you will be my witnesses. End quote. Brothers and sisters, may God bless us and God keep us as we keep this faith, as we bear witness to all God has done and all God is still doing through us. Let us pray. God, let us be your witnesses. Let us let go of our infirmity, pick up our pallet, and walk in your way. Let us live out the ways of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: You are salt for the earth, O people, Salt for the kingdom of God. of God. Bring forth the kingdom of mercy, bring forth the kingdom of peace, bring forth the kingdom of justice, bring forth the city of God. You are light on the hill, O people, light for the city of God. Shine so holy and bright, O people, shine of God. Bring forth the kingdom of mercy, bring forth the kingdom of peace, bring forth the kingdom of justice, bring forth the city of God. You are seed of the word, O people, bring forth the kingdom of God, seeds of mercy and seeds of justice grow of god bring forth the kingdom of mercy bring forth the kingdom of peace bring forth the kingdom of justice bring forth the city of god we are blessed and a pilgrim people bound for the kingdom of god Of mercy, bring forth the kingdom of peace, bring forth the kingdom of justice, bring forth the city of God.
0: Receive the benediction. Go in peace, and may the holy God surprise you. Christ Jesus be your partner and the lively spirit call your steps. Amen.